Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to have a quick shout out for my favorite show sponsor. You know it from Hotter Than Health, Organifi. Some of my favorite products that I have been using recently, of course you know about the greens powder, but one thing to note is if you are a traveler, if you are spending the night somewhere else, if you are busy at the office or you're just moving around or you want to pack your kids lunches and you want to add a little more nutrition in there, they make green juice powder packets. So this is going to be something that I'm implementing into my travel schedule. I've got some trips coming up. I can't wait to use these green packets. It's going to make it so easy to get the nutrients in. And if you are also interested in a little more muscle tone, maybe you're wanting a bigger snack, but you don't want to be too, too full, definitely check out the Organifi vanilla plant-based protein. It is glyphosate free. It has been tested for heavy metals. It has so many extra probiotics and digestive enzymes, making it extra easy to break down. So again, big thank you to Organifi for hosting and sponsoring the podcast. Again, you can check out Organifi and get 20% off of your order at Organifi.com slash HTH. Check on the link in the show notes to be directed there. Again, you want to check out the vanilla protein and the green juice powder packets. Those are my favorites, but truly any of their products are going to be amazing. Without further ado, let's get into the today's episode. Check out Organifi, Organifi.com slash HTH for 20% off. Welcome to the Hotter Than Health podcast, a plant-dominant podcast and resource for those looking to expand and elevate their health. Every Thursday, you can expect provocative and engaging topics, entertaining interviews, and some of the biggest names in health and wellness. Be prepared for tangible tips and takeaways, and to fully understand what it means to live an optimized and energized life. This is coming from a dear friend of mine, Ashley Lauren. She has been on the podcast before speaking all about healing the nervous system and different modalities to create inner peace and really creating the life that you desire. Absolutely. Go check that episode out. I know you all will love it, but she has a quick announcement. She is hosting a wellness luxury retreat February 22nd through the 27th of 2022. So it's coming up. You can tend to the garden within. On this retreat, you will plant the seeds to create a life filled with intention, meaning, and purpose. She's dreamed of offering an immersive wellness experience in Tulum for years because of its beauty and its spiritual nature. Right? So this retreat is a once-in-a-lifetime experience for mind, body, and spirit. You can expect a dreamy five-night, six-day in a luxury private villa that has been nicknamed the Jungle Oasis. You can expect two daily classes with Ashley, Ayurvedic fasting approaches to purge toxins from the body and free energy for healing, balanced meals daily cooked by a private chef in the stunning villa, two off-campus excursions. You can deepen your understanding of the healing arts, learning tools to develop self-healing and practice, and support your health and happiness. There's also fun relaxation and free time to recharge and explore Tulum, so you can definitely check out vinyasa yoga, meditation, breath work, inner child healing, just to name a few. There are a number of different packages, and if you 
you want to make sure that you are getting all of the details, I know that she's offering a discount for anyone signing up before February. So all of the info can be received at Ashley Lauren Wellness on Instagram or email Ashley, hello Ashley, at AshleyLaurenWellness.com. Again, she's offering three tiers of packages with specials. So this is absolutely If you've been feeling called for some healing and some relaxation, this is your time. It's coming up, so you don't have to wait. Go ahead, sign up. She has two spots available, and I absolutely know it's going to be a divine experience. You can check out Ashley Lauren Wellness on Instagram or email Ashley for more information at hello at ashleylaurenwellness.com. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Hotter Than Health. I am your host, Eliza Gelman. I don't even know where to start with today's guest. We have Travis Rosebach. You may have heard of Travis. You may not have, but you have heard of one of the largest in the, in, in the health wellness product industry. You may have heard of Hydroflask. What is Hydroflask, you may ask? Give it a Google. I guarantee you, 99% of people, if you Google that right now, Hydroflask, you will say, oh, I've seen that before. Or, oh, yeah, my neighbor has one. My cousin have one. Hell, I have one. Or, hey, my gym sells them. Or I've seen them in Whole Foods. 99% of you will know what this is. You will not know who Travis is. This has been one of the most fascinating episodes, and not for the reasons that you may think. It's amazing that he built a billion-dollar company. It's amazing that he's traveled all over the world. It's amazing that he has proven himself as one of the top entrepreneurs in the world. He's done a lot. What you won't know, but you will, about Travis is the dark side that comes with business, the dark side that comes with success. And to take it one step further, I don't even think that you're necessarily, I don't think we're going to even fully reach the breadth of what Travis has gone through. And that's why I had to make this a two-part episode. I could not stop talking to Travis when we started interviewing. Him and I had this connection that was full of trust and curiosity. He was vulnerable and open. And we actually got the opportunity to talk about things that he has never spoken about on podcasts, never in interviews, never anywhere else except for Hotter Than Health. He opened up about situations that have happened to him that I, I couldn't even begin to relate to. My jaw was to the floor, and I know yours will be too. I implore you to listen until the very end. You... It's like waking up from a dream and then realizing that you're still dreaming. So I know that's cryptic, and I know that there's been a lot of lead up to this episode. I couldn't be more proud of this interview. We go absolutely everywhere. And I I know I normally say that, and we end up talking about poop, and we end up talking about, you know, sex or food, daily routines, bizarre strategies in business and in lifestyle, this is much different. This will absolutely shock you at the end, 
and leave you wanting more and absolutely salivating for the next episode. I want to say a big thank you to Travis Rosebach for being on the podcast and opening up, being this vulnerable. I hope he listens to this episode. He has been on hundreds of other podcasts and something about this one allowed him the opportunity and platform to express things that he has not opened up about, uh, whether it's his beliefs, his opinions, his experiences, his wisdom. And I think that we can all go into this with open minds and patience and really listening. This guy, he needs to write a book. Uh, I think that a lot of the times on these podcast episodes, people really resonate with the stories. And even if you can't relate to any of these situations, you're going to want to keep listening. I'm so impressed and proud to call this person a friend now. So thank you so much, Travis, for opening up. He is... (laughs) Without further ado, our guest for today, not only is Travis Rosbach a scuba dive master instructor, he is a boat captain, he's an airline pilot, he's a world explorer, a yoga instructor, an entrepreneur, he's built billion dollar businesses, he now is the founder of the Tumalo Group, which I hope I'm saying right, but I said it with him and he said, okay, yeah, you got it right, so I'm practicing again, (laughs) the Tumalo Group, which is um, definitely... an investor's and entrepreneurial business dream to be a part of. He was the founder of Hydro Flask, which again, is a super significant entrepreneurial feat that it stands as one of the largest brands in the industry still today. And there has been a lot of enhancements in the industry. Anytime you see a Yeti cup or a healthy human or any type of insulated cup, that all came from Hydro Flask. This guy has not only created one of the most outstanding products on the market for hydration, but he has also established himself as an adventurer, a storyteller, and an overall an overall liver of life and conveyor of wisdom he has so much knowledge and wisdom to impart in all of us so i know you're actually going to love this and if you're if you start hearing the beginning of the episode and you're like what is she talking about just wait just wait it'll surprise you just as much as it surprised me and then we take it even deeper so we just continue to dig here Before we get into today's episode, I appreciate all of the show sponsors for today, and I also just wanted to mention, and we will try and only do one commercial break throughout this episode so that you guys can have a more smooth-flowing interview, but I did want to mention that I will be taking on two to three nutrition clients for one-on-one nutrition programming. We work together for three months. If you do want more information on that, absolutely send it to a friend. Let me know. You can book a complimentary strategy call on my website, elizagwellness.com, and book a free strategy call to see if it's a good fit for us to work together. And if it is, fantastic. If not, uh, that is also fine. And you'll leave with some clarity either way. But I will be taking on two to three nutrition clients in the next 30 days. If you want that to be you, 
absolutely schedule your strategy call now. Uh, if you have not already signed up for the monthly plant-based meal plan plus audio experience, then do so. It's just under monthly meal plans on the website. And if you have more questions about that, feel free to reach out directly. Without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Welcome, Travis Rosebach, to the Hotter Than Health podcast. Nice. Nice. Now it told me that this is being recorded. Look at that. We're off to get this is how This is how billion-dollar businesses are made, just exactly. by figuring it out. Well, I uh, yeah, Google. I, I, <laughs> Google. I tell you how many times prior to Google, I used to buy the idiot's guides to whatever, and or the dummies guides or whatever they were called. And I mean, like, I'm talking everything, like boat captain, pilot, rock climber, uh, how to make money or millionaire, whatever. Like, like why not? And, and yeah. every single one of them worked. Like, I was a professional rock climber. I was a boat captain. I was a commercial airline pilot. I made a million plus dollars. It's like, it fucking works. So now we have Google. So yeah. now we have Google, but I think that it's gotten so easy that we're the saturation of information that we have now we have to rifle through it so needle haystack situation to find something that really clicks whereas in the past it would just be okay here's this formula stick to it but now there's all these external sources that are saying oh yeah well i did it a little differently you can try this so there's like a lot of birds chirping in the ears that's a good analogy and yeah you're absolutely spot on i think there's a lot of false information that goes out there also just for the whatever of it yeah yeah well curious but yeah well captain travis i've already done a little bit of a bio on you so you don't have to give your whole regular spiel unless you want to but i kind of want to get i like to jump right into it i like to get weird ask some questions we go everywhere on this podcast we might ask you some questions that you might have not had so hopefully we can we could get some new neural pathways uh moving and flowing you are the creator of Hydroflask, and before we get into the creation of Hydroflask, tell us what you were like as a child growing up. Were you creative? Were you stubborn? Were you like class clown, or were you nose in the books? Ah, yeah, come out firing all cylinders, don't you? I think <laughs> I think I was kind of a hybrid of all of the above. I think that. I had a little bit of, I, I was, I had rebellion. I, I was, I was a bit rebellious and I was a bit of a hooligan, but not, not like a major troublemaker, just, just enough to kind of keep myself entertained. I got bored easily. I spent a lot of time uh, in trouble and grounded. I spent a lot of time reading books uh, in Salem, Oregon, it, it uh, rains a lot. And so I was constantly just spending time inside reading and just trying to figure out how to get out of the Willamette Valley as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 14, I met my dad. Well, when I was 12, actually, I started to travel and, and I got a bookshelf. I inherited a bookshelf from my neighbor and it had business books on it. And it was just like, I knew I was stepping through a portal into another reality. And so that happened when I was 12, I started to travel. I just went down to Phoenix when I was 12 by myself, you know, this is way before nine 11, you could actually do that. And so I had a real wanderlust at a, at a real young age. 
I would say. I love that. And did you have siblings or did you have to really entertain yourself? Um, well, both my, my, um, my mom got remarried. And so my half brother, my, my youngest half brother is seven years younger than me. And so I was, by the time he came along, I was already kind of like not really digging the whole household thing. Um, and so I spent a lot of time on my own and with my buddies. And then I had another brother who he was approximately nine years younger than me. And then my mom took off to Romania and adopted my sister who's Romanian gypsy. And she's younger still. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So you mentioned that you went to Phoenix and I moved to Charleston from Scottsdale. Love it so much. Dream place in the whole world. Dreamiest. When you say you traveled there by yourself, of course it wasn't this full cross country trip, but it's still getting on a plane by yourself. Were you actually by yourself? Were you like, Hey mom and dad, I saved up my nickels and I'm, or mom, I don't know about the dad, but Hey, I saved up my pennies and I'm going to Phoenix. You can't stop me. I'm going to go to stay at a hotel. Did you have friends, family? What was going on with that? Yeah. Well, um, what happened was, yeah. So my, my mom got married. So my mom and dad divorced when I was super duper young. They're they're Neither one of them have ever been able to tell me how old I was or when that happened, but I think it was pretty straight away after I was born. And then my mom remarried when I was five to my stepdad, my ex stepdad. And he was Vietnam vet, um, agent, orange, alcohol, drugs. Like this was like eighties, hardcore, gnarly shit going on. And, um, they divorced. So I, I saved and saved and saved. And I bought a TV. It was like, I remember it was $199. It was 19 inches. And I had my own TV. It was pretty dope. However, uh, in one of his drunken rages, he threw it um, out the window and it just got bashed all up. It just was all tore up. And I had a buddy who saw it later and he's like, he, he said, what did you do? Drop your TV a couple hundred times? And I was like, yeah, it does look like shit, doesn't it? So I sold my TV and I made like a hundred bucks. And um, at that point, my aunt's husband's sister was visiting from Phoenix. And she, and she just kind of, as she was walking out the door, she's like, if anybody ever wants to come visit, you know, it's always sunny in Phoenix. So about that February, I'm thinking, I heard it's sunny in this place called Phoenix. And so I took my $99 and I got a round trip ticket and I went off to take um, a couple of weeks and stayed with her and her uh, biker boyfriend. And that was a bloody trip. It was incredible. Uh, we went up to Sedona and did the slide rock and it was a lot of fun. So. Cool. And, and, so- I, and I also, I'm sorry, like now that you're bringing up all these memories, Another really vivid memory I have about that trip was I was flying back and the flight attendant came and she sat down on my arm rest. And I, I mean, I was only 12, but I remember thinking, wow, she's beautiful. And here she is talking to me. Like this travel thing is pretty cool. <laughs> can you imagine, can you imagine a 12 year old and having this beautiful flight attendant basically sit on the arm of their chair now, like the world used to be so easy. (laughs) 
yeah. so easy. That's yeah. awesome. So you had this great taste in your mouth of independence. And uh, I guess that that catapulted you into think it doesn't sound like you really ever had a nine to five. I've, I've not, um, mm -hmm. they hear the hell out of me. Like that to me sounds like the scariest thing I could ever imagine. I mm -hmm. did try, um, in at, right around, uh, 2011, well, actually literally on nine 11, I was, um, I was becoming a pilot. And so I took on a part-time job at a dive shop in Salem. And that was the closest nine to five that I ever had. Yeah. But and, still feeding your passions. Yeah, I lasted, I think, maybe a week and a half, two weeks. And then 9-11 happened. I was like, nope, I got to figure something else out. Mm -hmm. I was I was also fired from my one of my first 9-to-5s. I was like, this is clearly not working for me. Um, but, okay, so fast forward. This was when you were, you know, preteens. And you are now the founder of a billion dollar water bottle company, something that I assume you never thought you'd say to get ever. So talk to me a little bit because the hotter than health podcast, we do have a very health conscious group of people who, yes, they want to hear stories and entrepreneurship, but they also want to hear a little bit about health when you're traveling. And when you are trying to stay at the top of your game, what are some things that drew you to creating a water bottle? Well, I was thirsty. I mean, that was <laughs> the main thing. I, I could not find a water bottle that I wanted to use. There were two other brands on the market. One had BPA in it. And it was made out of aluminum. And it was just awful. And they were lying to the customers and they were real rude to me when I called them. And then the other one was just, eh, what's the word? Dismal. It was like dismal. Like every time I drink out of it, it'd spill over my face and I'd feel silly. And I was just like, uh... I don't see the attraction here. And so I figured that if I could make a bottle that I wanted to drink out of, I could just give it to other people and other people would want to drink out of it. And I always knew like when I was a pilot, I was also um, rock climbing a lot at that time. And I knew that there was a direct correlation to my hydration level and my physical prowess. Is that the right mm -hmm. Like, like I, I was a much more physically, when I lived in the Virgin Islands, we drank Budweiser and Coca-Cola. There was not a lot of water to be had. There just was not water to be drank in, uh, uh, in the Caribbean at the, you know, in the, I should say at Cane Bay dive shop, we did not have water really to drink. We had to go clear across the Island to go buy it. it and they seldom had it at Kmart. And that was our only real and Plaza extra only sometimes had it like it wasn't a common thing for us to drink water when I was a diver or a boat captain or a pilot even as uh, for the airlines. So when I became a rock climber and I started hydrating more and more, I got a, a plastic water bottle. And it, I remember thinking it was like 33 ounces. Well, it was like a liter. And I was like, what am I going to do with all this? This will last me a week. And I drank it. And I was like, damn, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought, well, if I feel this good from drinking water, I wonder if, you know, if other people would as well mm -hmm. find out they do, there's a direct correlation. There really is. And I tell people all the time, people will call me and I have clients that are like, 
I didn't realize that I would feel so much better pooping every day because I'm drinking more water. And the everything is amplified and optimized when you drink more water. And everything. everything. And so, okay, you create this water bottle. We don't have to go into the full mechanics of the shape and the design, but I do kind of want to touch on the design a little bit. So you've got this. So Hydro Flask does a really great job of appealing to men and women. And it also makes it really easy to drink water. I remember I would drink out of a Nalgene and I still love Nalgene, but I would drink out of water and it would, again, it would spill all over me or the inside of the lid would get grimy and moldy and almost that viscous spitty type of texture. Um, and so I was like, okay, that's sucks. Sure. Yeah. Like that's not sexy. And so what did you, what were your thoughts when you were designing the hydro flask was the first iteration of it with a straw or without a straw? Uh, the, yeah. So the first iteration was without these are, man, these are really good questions. So when it hit that, okay, I'm going to do a water bottle. That's it. It's, it's going to happen. I went all over, I was living on Oahu and I went all over. I brought, I bought every juice bottle, every beer bottle, every pop bottle, every water bottle. I bought every single liquid containment unit that I could possibly find. And I bought these calipers, which made me feel super smart. They're like these things that measure distances. Oh yes. Like microscopic distances that I can imagine scientists would use. And, and I would get the thickness of the mouth and I'd think that's too thin. That's too thick. That's too far. That's too short. And and so I just did a ton of research on orifices and figured out like, you know, what is the good size mouth? What do I like to drink? Do I like to drink hot out of it or cold out of it or just regular temperature out of it or all three? And after, you know, after a couple of few weeks of doing this like that, they kind of get a little gross, right? And so I got to see, okay, well, this thread pattern that's on the outside here like this collects more bacteria than this thread pattern. And so I got to put all of that together in that, in that first mouthpiece. You see all these, um, I saw a photo the other day somewhere on Instagram and you know, athletes still like college athletes or I don't know, professional athletes, they have their green, uh, Gatorade water and you just kind of push it and it pops a little bit at you free. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, it could be like mouth free, like the trainers will come onto the field. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but they showed a picture and people with these jugs or these plastic bottles, they'll open them up and they haven't put them in the dishwasher in months. And there's these specks of black mold all over the Gatorade bottle. And these people are just constantly consuming, but Flavor masks the the bacteria, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't know that they're drinking it. They don't smell it or taste it because it's, and I'm sure that those water kids that are giving them water, they don't even think to wash them. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's yeah, nasty. it's pretty gnarly. Well, also things. think about it. Like you don't see it. You don't see it on the inside, but yours, when you open them up, the, when you go to clean them and fill them up with water, it's clear enough on the inside that you see, 
you see the inside of it. That's what I think is really appealing about it is that it makes the water look really appetizing and appealing. Uh, tell us about the first sale of your water bottle, how you knew it was going to be successful. And then after that first sale, what was, what was the first moment where you really thought, oh my God, this is going to be big. This is going to be successful. Yeah. The first sale was, uh, up at, uh, Portland Saturday market up by, you know, everybody knows voodoo donuts up there. Oh yeah. Four hour line. Yeah. Yeah. For a piece of sugar. Um, and it's, yeah. Um, under the Burnside bridge. So, so the Saturday market was a pretty big deal in the eighties and nineties. I kind of grew up going up there and it was like, I imagined it's where all the hippies went to hawk their goods really is what it was. And so that was really as far as my eye could see was we're going to go to the Portland Saturday market and hawk some water bottles and see what happens. And um, the, I remember the lady's name was Mona who ran the whole thing. And she said, no, you, you can't sell these here. Nobody, you know, first of all, we have a guy who sells water, the guy who sells elephant ears, sells Pepsi products and water. So you can't sell water bottles. And we're like, no, no, no. There's no water in the bottle. It's just a bottle. She's and like, if we no. sell water, it'll be free. That's fine. Just the water is free. <laughs> exactly. And she's like, no, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's going to buy your water bottles. And I was like, well, can you just like, I mean, we came all this way, you know, like maybe <laughs> give us a shot. And she's like, fine, just go out by the railroad tracks and, and, and just go try it out there. And I was like, awesome. This is great. You know, like we got a potential, you know, place to hawk our goods, uh, hawk our wares. And um, it, luckily it was like a 97 degree humid day. It was just nasty. And I'd put water, uh, ice cubes in the bottle the night before. And so it, like two o'clock in the afternoon, people would come up and I just put a bottle in their hand and they'd look at it. They'd see ice. And they're like, well, how does that happen? That's, you know, and then they'd see on the piece of duct tape, it'd say Friday at like five o'clock, like magic. And so I remember the very first sale um, happened fairly quickly because again, it was so hot and he's like, I need some water and do, 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 do. And I think, you know, Portland and Oregonians in general are, are fairly green. I mean, we're fairly health conscious and also environmentally conscious, at least I hope to think that we are. And so, um, our first sale went like that and he, he bought it and he, he, uh, walked away happy. And then, I remember the next weekend we, you know, Mona put us right back out on the, on the railroad tracks and the line went and it wrapped around the, um, the corner and it went past her office and she started getting pissed that people were lined up in front of her office. And so she went out to see what was going on and it was the water bottle people and she's like, all right, fine. Just come inside with everybody else. And then pretty soon she would, like start discounting our price because she wanted us there so bad. And oh, wow. she was like knocking people out to give us like a season pass to be inside because people were coming from all over Oregon and Washington to the Saturday market to buy these. And they were buying like 10, 15, 20 at a time because they wanted to get them back and get them to their employees or their families and, and things like yeah. that. Yeah. 
That's amazing, especially in the heart of summer. And it's appealing because it keeps it warm. You know, maybe you have tea and you want to keep it nice and lukewarm during the day. Like that's something that I would definitely see or, or, you know, you're out skiing, you shove it in your pants, you like keep it warm a little bit, but that's so cool. And I think you mentioned it in the very beginning of that story is that that was really your only scope of what you could observe was the next step. You were like, I don't know how to make this big. So I'm just going to start with the first step that's right in front of me, which is a local farmer's market. It's not that you made, and I know this from another podcast of yours that I listened to, but you didn't bring 1500 water bottles that you like really hustled to get and then thought, oh my God, I have to go to Walmart or Target or a superstore to start selling them. You started small and you scaled up and you observed bigger and bigger and bigger. What was your lowest point before starting to sell and make progress? What was your lowest point where you thought, I'm done. Um, this is, this is too much. We're broke. We got three kids on the way. Like, what did it look like? If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're one of those people that wants to take charge of your health and wellness. You're striving to live a longer, better, healthier life. You want better energy, better sleep, better sex, a healthy immune system. All right. But there's so much information out there. It's so challenging to actually get a picture of what is going on inside of your body. You don't know who to trust when it comes to health, wellness and performance guidance. And you want to know that your diet and exercise choices are actually helping you rather than hurting you. This is exactly what Inside Tracker has been designed to solve. Inside Tracker is a guide to illuminating your path towards your personal best. It's an inside ultra personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. This is not a one size fits all program. It's science backs backed and it's optimized. So they don't necessarily just show you what a normal biomarker zone is. They'll actually show you the optimal biomarker zones and the numbers that fit best for your body. They're using DNA, blood, fitness tracking, and real time to complete a picture of what's going on inside of your body. So you can track your progress and adjust based on real time feedback from your body. You can retest every three months using uh, blood improvements and different changers within your system. So what we want to do is really take a picture of what is going on on the inside of our body so that we can figure out is our lifestyle and our diet and our sleep actually going to help us with our performance and our longevity, all right? We don't need to just be playing these guessing games anymore, all right? So Inside Tracker is offering our audience 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash hotter than health. Again, it's insidetracker.com slash hotter than health. You can actually have a phlebotomist come out to your house, take your blood, under help you understand with all of the tools already under your belt that come delivered straight to your door and you'll figure out exactly what is going on in your body. I am so excited for this process. I'm so excited to see what's going on with my biomarkers, with my aging, my genetics, all of that good stuff. So sign me up. I'm so pumped. Again, for a limited time, 25% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash hotter than health. Again, that is insidetracker.com slash hotter than health. Check out the show notes for links and details details. Thank you so much for sponsoring today's episode. There's honestly nothing more important than taking care of yourself because if you're not feeling your best, you can't be your best. 
Sambucol helps you feel your best with powerful immune support, powered by nature's super fruit, black elderberry. I have personally been taking the black elderberry gummies. I'll take a couple at a time. I know they say, yeah, definitely take one, but I've been taking like two, three, four per day, honestly, just because they feel so good. I can only imagine that if I have kids someday or if I have kids around, then this is going to be the easiest way to making sure that they're getting the immune support that they need covered with potent antioxidants. They are so easy. Flavor is great. And who doesn't love a good gummy, right? So for the limited time, you can get 15% off of your next order of $9.99 or more at SambucallUSA.com. Use the code HOTTER15 for 15% off at checkout. Again, it's Sambucall, S-A-M-B-U-C-A-L, SambucallUSA.com to get immune support from nature's super fruit. I'm so excited. Definitely make sure that you are checking out the chewables, the gummies. They're so easy. You pop one every single day and make sure that you know that you're getting all the support that you need. Again, 15% off of your next order of $9.99 or more at SambucallUSA.com. Again, S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L-U-S-A.com. Use the code HOTTER15 for 15% off at checkout. Thank you so much for being a sponsor of today's episode. I hope I don't have three kids. <laughs> I don't know that somebody, much about you. Somebody needs to say something about that. Um, <laughs> like what's in these water bottles? <laughs> you brought up a really good point. Like I, I wasn't, my aspirations and dreams were not to get into REI and to get into Whole Foods and to get into Dick's Sporting Goods and Cabela's. Like that was never my intention or my goal. However, my goal was complete world water bottle domination. Like I did really want to hydrate the masses. I wanted everybody drinking water out of a clean, safe after I heard that the competition was putting BPA in their bottles and they were lying to the general public about it, I thought, excuse my language, but I thought, you know what? Fuck you. I'm, I'm taking a, I'm taking a run for you. Like you can't do that. That's not cool. That's not the way this, you know, system is set up to, to be. And so I think that if, I think that also if, if they find that they want to do something and that there's already a competitor on the market, that can be a good thing because that competitor can be, if, if you look at it, like they're paying the marketing dollars for you. They're putting out the word that this is a viable product and that they, they, they lend, they, they give it credibility credibility. That's the word. They lend a credibility factor to it. And so if you can come in and you can do a version 2.0 or 3.0 of what's already on the market, well then do it. Like that's awesome. People will listen and they'll pay attention. The, I think the lowest point actually came after we were up and running. Like my, my life up to that point was, was a very tumultuous up and down and all over the board. Like I was, I was a pilot. I was a boat captain. I was a dive instructor. I traveled all over the planet and I had, you know, various amounts of success in different businesses. And some were enough where I could retire out to Hawaii for a few years. Others were like, you know, like I, I, I needed, I needed cash because I couldn't afford make or um, uh, macaroni and cheese. So 
I, w- I was I was really accustomed to the highs and lows, but then I think when Hydroflask really took off and the demand came and we needed so much money so quickly, that's when I really started to get like kind of down. I was kind of like, dang, you know, like if I can't deliver to the masses, like I said, I would be able to, you know, then, then I'm, you know, I felt a bit hypocritical. And I remember we, uh, I was never in charge of paying the bills. I was just always in charge of doing everything else. And um, we got 40,000 bottles in. It was a huge, huge $250,000, $300,000 order. It was massive. And we were less than six months old. And they came in and they were rusted. And some of them were not insulated. And something had clearly happened. I'd spent about a month at the factory and I got, I don't know, bird flu, swine flu, whatever the flu du jour was at that time. And I'd go to the factory during the day. I'd go to the hospital at night and the hospital kept wanting to admit me and keep me there. And I was like, first of all, I'm going to die if I stay here. Second of all, I got shit to do. I got to go to work. So every morning I, you know, I'd, and I, then I go to the hotel for like two hours and brush my teeth and try to sleep and then go right back out to the factory. So I'd gone through all of that. And then I get home to find that we had rusted bottles. What do you do? I said, damn it. And then I jumped on the plane and went right back. And, um, I got to the factory and I told the translator, I was like, I, I've lost everything. We're done. And I'm going to throw the guy out the window and, and I'm, you know, like, I don't mind at this point going to Chinese prison. Like I'm, I'm, I'm finished. And luckily they kind of talked me out of that. Um, we figured out what had caused it. And um, I negotiated a, a 40,000 bottle replacement order to be started straight away. And um I got back and the banker called me in and she's like, Travis, you don't have any money. I'm like, well, no shit. You could have just told me that on the phone. I know I don't have any money. <laughs> oh, like I said, but I do have 40,000 bottles. I didn't tell her about the rust. And she, she was like, all right. You know, and I thought like, what happens to people who don't have any money? Like, do I go to jail or what's going on? Yeah, real, I really, I think, cause, cause that is what people are most scared of is that moment where you're like, or just getting to that moment. It's rare that not rare, but not everyone's going to get to that moment where they are told we have no money. So yeah. What is the next step? What does happen? Well, it sucked too. Cause I was really hungry. It was about lunchtime and I was extremely jet lagged from getting back from my second round trip to, to the factory. And it was awful. And so we'd had um, about 14 employees working in the back of the warehouse in, in the, the world headquarters to see, to check and see, are they insulated? Are they not insulated? Are they rusting? Are they not in, rusting? Because some were, some weren't. And I remember the, um, the bankers, she started crying at the end of, you know, telling me how bad things were. And she's like, I just absolutely love your product. Like I'm drinking water. My husband has noticed and he finds me more attractive. My kids are happier and healthier with me and my whole world is better. And she's like, in fact, I'm, I'm getting get that desk over there. Speaking of the nine to five, she's like, I'm moving from the cubicle to the desk. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome. And she's like, yeah, you know, like we'll give you a stay of execution. Like, what does that you. mean? 
well, like she wasn't going to close us down, you know, cause she was a fan and I was like, okay, well I get another, you know, another week to live, I guess. Yeah. It got back to the headquarters and there was no Spanish music playing in the back. And I thought that was kind of strange because where are these 14 employees? Well, they were gone. We had one employee. She was gone. My one partner, she was gone. Everybody was gone. And I get this like dear John letter. Um, yeah. So your partner ran off to Hawaii again. I fired all of the employees and uh, I quit. <laughs> It's so like, wait, who the fuck was doing this? <laughs> we had one employee and, <laughs> and, um, so, and I had one partner, my one partner, it just was too tough. I mean, it was too hard for her. So she waited, luckily she waited till I got back and then she bolted. <laughs> like she waited until I went to the, the bank to go get in trouble. And she's like, fuck it. I'm out. So she bolted. I get back, she's gone. And all of the employees are gone. Like the 14 employees were gone. And Hello. I, yeah. And I was really, really hungry. And so I went and I knew I had no money in the bank. I had no money in my pocket. I go over to the cash drawer and it's like, a, like basically like nothing, like the money's gone. Like there was a couple of pennies in it. <laughs> like she even stole the change. <laughs> and so, and I had wow. 40,000 potentially arrested water bottles in the back. And it was just like, so I think that that was definitely one of the lowest points of hydro flask for me. One of those moments where looking back, we can laugh, but in the moment, it's just, you're so low and it's probably going to get a little lower and then it'll get better. But in the time, all you see is what's right in front of you and what's all around you. It's just amongst this chaos. But I think that the fact that you had that testimonial five minutes prior made it all like, okay, I, I can do this. It's just going to be much harder than I expected. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that story. And I wanted to touch on this just because I think so many people listening to this podcast, you know, we just love stories. I like, I just want to make a story time podcast that has to do with health. So what is, and this is completely nonlinear. What is the wildest most memorable thing that happened to you either working on the boat or scuba i'm talking like attacked by an octopus on the face sharks <laughs> i don't know um i remember okay i i was so so saint thomas and saint croix i, I lived predominantly in St. Croix, but I also lived in St. Thomas and I worked out of St. John low-key water sports with Bob and Anne Marie. Awesome people. Whole nother great story. That'd be a good movie actually. Um, and oh. there are islands in between St. Thomas and St. John. Lavango, which used to be a, a whorehouse island, love and go. Lavango, Mingo, Grassy, and Thatch. Lavango, Mingo, Grassy. So I was at Grassy and it was the very first dive after I became a dive instructor. And I'd been a dive master there for lots of dives, like, like tens and twenties, 30, like lots and lots, 50 plus dives. I dove at this one dive site and I had, um, I had four people with me and they were all certified. And even though I was a dive instructor, they were certified. I was actually just being a dive master. And I, I found this huge crack 
in the wall, like in this island. And I thought, it, I wonder where it goes. Like, I've never seen this before. It's this just massive um, fissure. And so I, I, I was like, hey, are you guys cool? And they're like, yeah, I, I mean, you're in charge here. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're like, would you, we're just doing what you say. <laughs> like, you screwed up with that, didn't you? So we went in this crack and just kept going and going and going. And, and then pretty soon we have to like start swimming like up and around and like going all around. And then I realized it's like, we're going to come out on the other side of the island here. Like, this is really cool. And so sure enough, we came out and I had been to the backside a thousand times, but I didn't recognize where we were. And I was like, huh, well, this is weird. You guys stay here. I'm going to go up and, and look around. And so I left them. I went up, I looked. I had zero clue where we were. I had like no idea where we were. It's like, all right, well, got to figure this out. So went back down, picked them up. And I thought, well, as long as we just keep going, um, I guess it would be South East, we should be okay. And so we kicked and kicked and kicked southeast for quite some time sure enough the big guy he you know hey he shows me his gauge he's running low on on air like okay i gotta go back up and look i go up i look and now it looks completely radically different all the same like it's i i don't know like it looked like i was on the backside of jurassic park or something like i, I would be shitting my wetsuit I I, uh. yeah it was it was one of those times i was like oh fuck. I couldn't see the boat. I couldn't see anything. I could see no thing that I, like, I recognize. I mean, I live here. I know where Yost Van Dyke is. I can usually see it right over there. There's Foxy's. Nope. It's not there. I can see St. Nope. St. Thomas isn't there. Fuck. So I go back down. I'm like, well, we've been going Southeast. That doesn't work. Let's go back Northwest. And so we turn around, we go back Northwest and I find the crack in the wall. I'm like, best thing we can do is like retrace our steps. And so we go back through the crack and we circle around and we go through this whole big thing and we come out and boom, there's the boat. Uh -huh. and, 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 and the, and it was like, it was like, it, it was incredible. Cause I, <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And you so, had to stay calm too. I had, cause I was the dude in charge. Like for some reason they let me charge. I was probably about 19 at the, at that point. It was one of those. And then the people, like I get back up to the boat and they're like, I don't know that I really enjoyed that dive. <laughs> I'm like, really? You didn't like going Euphemisms. Yeah. So. That is really funny. Have you, um, it, it gives me a paralyzing fear to consider going through a crack with minimal water. And I mean, I think that 99% of the world has a little bit of claustrophobia. Have you seen the movie total tangent? Have you seen the movie, the rescue? Oh, with the kids trapped in the thing in the, in the cave, I yeah. started it, but I haven't seen it. No, no. If you would, I mean, you will be deceased. It is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely the most petrifying, rewarding, 
it takes you on so many different adventures. And that's kind of what I picture. Cause they had to go like two hours through these ca- underwater caves and then rescue children. And I won't give any more detail than that, but you need to watch it. It sounds like that would be very much up your alley. Cause you could, you could appreciate the calm that is needed when you have a group around you, because it, that's a big part of the movie is when they have a feeling that these people are going to be panicking underwater. They're like, you're going to kill us all. And so uh. Like it's a really, really intense situation, but they said that it was the most calming. uh, It's the most calming place for them to be underwater because it's silent. It's quiet. But at the same time, you're underneath tons of rock tons. Anyways. um, Well, that is so cool. And it definitely makes me want to quit life and move to the Caribbean. (laughs) Sounds really nice. Yeah. It's on my, my list. I I think, I, I, I started out my life in the Caribbean really young and a lot of people go there to die. It's a better place to go to die than it is to start out. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of people who would just go missing. Like we'd yeah. meet people at the bars and at the dive shops and on the boats and stuff. And they were really cool people. And we had to have, you know, a lot of fun and we'd hear their backstory and then they're gone. Yeah. And yeah. You know, a lot of them would get picked up by the federal marshals. A lot of them would just kind of up sticks and take off because somebody was chasing them or some of them would just die from alcoholism or, or yeah. whatever. And I always thought, you know what? I'm too young to be here right now. I got to come back when I'm like 80. So I figure when I'm like 80 and I don't, cause right now I have a young daughter, so I can't really go back and just be an idiot. But when I'm 80, I can, so yeah. And she can, and that, that way you got to go back so that she has a place to bring, to go visit or bring the grandkids. If that's in the picture, you know, yeah. you, you got to be the cool grandpa that gets everyone, gives everyone like, oh my God, we got to go to grandpa's and hear all the cool stories about the sharks and the dolphins, you know? And it's, yeah. it's clear that you are a, a nature boy because I mean, you've got, I can't tell if that's real behind you um, or if that's a TV happening with the fish tank. No, it's fake. If okay. they, they start fighting, let me know. Okay. I was going to say, it looks pretty cool. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can definitely see how in the outside he's got, there's really tall trees. It's lush and beautiful. And then what was that? Those trees are real. The yeah. trees are real. The trees are real. And you've got all this fresh wood. Definitely looks like you are in Oregon. This leads me to my next question. You've reached a level of success that a lot of people genuinely can't imagine and everyone it's going to look different some people are going to have bentleys some people are going to have second home all of this to ask when money isn't an object what do you want calm peace and calm what does that look like to you um I don't want people coming to me asking me for shit. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be around people. I don't want, I've got, okay. I I got, I got contractors crawling all over my place and I don't want that. I want those people gone. I want, I I live on a, a fair bit of property with a pretty big high wall around me just to keep people it out. I don't want people coming to ask me for $12 million or $60,000 or try to kidnap me. Um, that's that's what like I personally think of. I there was <laughs> I did not know by starting out a water bottle company that I'd be going through 
like had I known all of the shit that I have to go through, it, I mean, some of it sounds like first world problems, but having people try to kidnap me, like I don't, I did not know that that would be a thing. And let's talk about that. I've never talked about this before. Why not? Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Travis today. Remember, this is part one of two. So if you have enjoyed this episode, you know that you're going to want to listen to the rest. We are going to be covering so much more where it comes to his stories, his beliefs, where all of this has come from, what's going on now, and honestly, just what the fuck happened. So without further ado, please make sure you are sharing this episode making sure that this story gets out there and he's getting the recognition and support that he craves and deserves and he has earned. I'm so thrilled to have shared this episode with you. I'm so looking forward to the next and with that being said, make sure to share the episode on your social media, take a quick screenshot and I will reshare this, repost everywhere, uh, tag myself on Hotter Than Health, and I look forward to hearing from you all on how you like this episode. We'll talk to you next week.